Hello, this is Jim Sevier, and uh, I'm with The Coachable, coachable.com. I uh, am a business coach. I do a lot of sales coaching, but I'm also an entrepreneur. So a lot of what I do has to relate with mostly small businesses. Now, I can assist in any size business with some of the issues that they may be having, business development and the like. But this particular instance, I'm actually sitting in front of a very interesting individual that I've known for a little while now. And I want her to introduce herself, please. Hi, I'm Tracy Newkirk. I'm president of Intellectual Capital, and I have a, a little side a consulting business as well called Capital Consulting. Well, thank you very much, Tracy, for doing this because uh, we were talking before the, the recording started. But just to kind of reiterate, I think there's a lot of value that people can get from understanding how people got to where they were from a small business perspective. You're kind of in an interesting spot because you and, and Barry have done an extraordinary job getting your business built, albeit I know there's always ebbs and flows in that. But you guys have created an environment which has allowed you guys to, to have the freedom of not working for somebody. Mm-hmm. right? But I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how you started and all that kind of, but before that, why don't you tell me a little bit about your consulting practice and then just a little bit about ICAP. Okay, perfect. Well, the consulting practice was born about seven years ago from a desire to help people understand right seat, right bus. Um, I think right bus, uh, which is, uh, you know, do I connect with a vision of a company? Um, that sometimes is easy to understand. You can True. get that from people's website. Um, but right seat um, sometimes gets confusing. Maybe uh, your whole life you've been told that you should be a programmer, <laughs> except that you are super extroverted and you really uh, enjoy people a lot more than you just enjoy sitting behind a computer. So consulting was born out of this desire to help people find the right seat once they found the right bus. Nice. Um, and so it's Very been interesting fun. way of putting that. Thank you. It's been very fun. Um, I also love... Uh, showing people what is good and special and unique about them. Ah, so that's the part we share in our both of our practices because I think that is really truly the only differentiation you can bring is who you are, the experiences you had. That's truly what makes you different. So yeah, so yeah, I agree too, um, and I would agree with you. Um, I I think it's just really neat when someone can say you are good and you have these great qualities. And granted, you don't have these great qualities. And so if I can teach you to say, I know who I am and I know who I'm not, and I'm okay with both, being that okay with both is the sweet spot that I'm looking for because there's great freedom in that. Yeah, yes. Not only great freedom personally, but great freedom professionally, career-wise. I mean, it's both. It's in, it, it lives in both worlds. Absolutely. So. And I think it breeds... Um, uh, teamwork, mm-hmm. um, because you need other people when you can freely say, hey, I'm not good at this, but you are. So tell me more about how you do that. Or, hey, I'd love to have you on this project. Or I'd love to build a team. Or maybe even um, this manager would be better fit with this employee. So let's just switch management around and maybe we could find a, high, a highly engaged employee that way uh, versus a semi-engaged employee. How long have you been doing the consulting practice? So seven years. Wow. Um, yeah. All right. Seven years kind of um, out on our own and uh, 17 going on 18 years. I think that's right. If my numbers are right this June for Intellectual Capital, which is the staffing company that the consulting business was born out of. All right. Well, tell me, tell me about ICAP. So Intellectual Capital is just that. We um, find smart people. Uh, we are not smart. Uh, we just happen to know a lot of smart people, which is helpful. <laughs> Um, and that was birthed actually in Sobeys downtown Greenville one time. Uh, Barry and I were out to, uh, to dinner with a, a gentleman that was trying to hire Barry, and he left. And I said, why are you going to work for him? You could do this on your own. And he said, I can do it only with you. And so we said, let's, let's do it. And I had lots of fear, lots of sleepless nights. Ooh, we're going to talk about that. You just hit on the spot. Yes, lots of that. Um, and we started as a lifestyle business for 10 years to be good parents and raise our kids and be at every sporting event and every after school event and be the, you know, That's cool. class mom. Very nice. And that ended. And so, <laughs> and so everybody I kept, grew up. Yeah, everybody grew up. 
So I kept 1.0 finished and we launched I kept 2.0 hypothetically where basically we said let's give it all we got and see what it's like to grow grow it into a, a big girl a big boy or a big girl company yeah so you, you said that 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 first comment right the fear and one of the commonalities of the interviews that I've done uh, first of all I'll say this not as a plug but the, all I had to do was mention to people that this was not going to be a Zoom call, and they went nuts. <laughs> Everybody was just like, oh, yeah, 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 let's do this, let's do this. Um, but there's still a little bit of fear to overcome. Not everybody said that. Or the person said yes, but the spouse said no, right? So there's still, there's still a significant amount of fear. But when you start an enterprise, when you start a business, it's, that's like opening up a door into a room where it's dark, the room that you were in is very light, very brightly lit. You see all the corners and you go in and your eyes haven't adjusted and it is pitch dark. And you have to go, I'm going to keep making these steps until my eyes adjust, until I get some lights put in this room, until I figure out where all the corners are and all that really good stuff. But that first step from the light into the new, the new room, um, that's an interesting fear. I knew you said a lot of sleepless nights. Um, and it, it, it's not a fear. So we talked about this before I started as to, you know, the two types of things that fear feeds in us. Mm -hmm. Doubt and certainty, mm -hmm. right? Resolve, mm -hmm. right? And doubt. Those two things, um, taking that step forward is not looking at doubt. You're, mm -hmm. That fear is is okay. It's built in our DNA. It's there to keep us safe and warm and keeping mm -hmm. <laughs> keeping us here on this planet. Mm -hmm. But you took the you took the step towards resolve. Mm -hmm. Why? What was the drive? Can you can you articulate that? I think I can. Um, I think the drive was the the desire to create something we could leave for our kids. I think that was the first. And then I think it was the desire to see what we could do. Oh, see, I saw a little twinkle in your eye, by the way, when you said that. And, and I, I think what we found is that we're builders, mm -hmm. both of us, and we enjoy the climb. Um, sometimes the climb to some people is tedious and too much. But for us, there was energy and excitement and enthusiasm in the climb, and we didn't have to have it all figured out yet. We, you know, we could see some light, and that was good enough for us. There you go. Now, granted, it took you know three times longer to get that first check. Um, yeah. But yeah. we got it. Yeah. Um, so Laura, my wife, you know her. We we hang out, but uh, you know her business. She had no revenue for the first year. Right? So we actually had to take that step, go into that room, not really certain. I mean, we knew already what the room sort of looked like because she was going from doing it for the company she worked for to then doing the same thing only for herself. Um, so we kind of already knew what the room dimensions were, but we really still didn't know what, what was going to come from that. And again, the drive for her was um, she was being held back. People mm -hmm. would put her in a box you're this, we like you, you're very good at this. And when you're in a corporation and people find that this is what you do really, really well, they kind of like to keep you there. Mm -hmm. I mean, she didn't have a college degree. There was really no upward momentum for mm -hmm. her. So her box just kept shrinking and she got really, really um, good and had a lot of relationships. But eventually she was, her fear said, her resolve turned into, I don't want this to be the story of my life that I, I leave this company, retire from this company, and not have nothing to show for it other than I've got you know 35, 40 years at, at Columbia Studio. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's it's interesting that that movement and and a lot of people that are looking at getting and starting something because right now actually this would actually be a really good time. And I don't know about you, but I have been sitting around my house now for six weeks and sort of experimenting with my business model this interview came out of me sitting around going now what is this going to look like mm -hmm. <laughs> right mm -hmm. um so so it's interesting that you have that fear it's interesting how what drove you to move towards the resolve piece of that um how 
of the two practices that you have, because you have, you know, you've got what you could do and, and all the stuff that you're doing with ICAP. And then it almost sounds like some of the stuff that you're doing consulting wide kind of feeds a different part of you. Like maybe mm -hmm. this feeds a heart kind of a thing as mm -hmm. opposed to being a, a head kind of thing. Am I, mm -hmm. am I sensing that correctly or would you, would you uh, categorize it differently? No, I, I think they feed different parts. I think, um, I think consulting, the capital consulting for me feeds the, um, I have uh, the strength finder talent of developer, and so I love to develop myself, number one, but I love developing other people. Now, many times they don't want to be developed, right? <laughs> hey, I don't want to grow, and I've certainly met plenty of those. Yeah. Um, so I think it feeds something in me. I also think that I have been built to create things in a weird way, and I like creating curriculums, and I like creating environments, and I like creating team building. Um, I, I like leaving people better. Um, when I leave, I want them to be better or think differently or, or have a new idea. And yeah. so that feeds me really well. Uh, frankly, it feeds me so much that I would never ask for money for it. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. in that same spot. I'm exactly in that same spot. Uh, and yet then I come home and Barry says, where's the dough? You know, <laughs> so that doesn't work out well once I come back. Well, it's, um, and you know, there's always a balance there, right? Mm -hmm. And we're balancing our professions with our personal lives. We're balancing income levels from our financial or fiscal bank mm -hmm. with our emotional bank. Um, right now, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, don't have, aren't doing anything and trying to help them realize the potential that they have would be actually kind of a good thing right i like that what you said right bus right seat mm -hmm. right matter of fact I'm, well, I'm thinking about launching a new webinar um because again the builder in me right says okay how can i build something from this how can i make lemonade out of lemons right mm -hmm. now um and i want to launch a new webinar called um are you top talent and mm -hmm. what what are you missing in order to reach top talent or, or to oh. to uh, to gain a top talent status Again, it's that same desire that I have to take right now. It's kind of a downtime for some people, some businesses. And so what are you using? How are you going to come out of COVID-19 stronger? Maybe it's intellectually stronger. Maybe it's spiritually stronger. Maybe it's physically stronger. Maybe, maybe you've been intentional in your relationships with your spouse and your kids. But how are we using it to come out stronger? And I'm thinking of ways, too, and that builder in me still wants to build. Well, I still wants to invest. Well, it sounds like a good idea. It sounds like a great idea because I think a lot of people are just, they just, they just need a little bit of direction, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think I have seen and heard from at least two or three dozen people on various calls that I've been on, and obviously all our calls are on Zoom. Um, interestingly, I'm meeting more people now that I were in my circle, but I had never really physically met before. I still haven't physically met them, but now I visually have met them, and... And what's coming from that is a whole new network mm -hmm. of people that I'm much closer to, and it's giving me a little bit more confidence, momentum as to come out of this, out of the COVID-19 environment into whatever the new environment is going to be called. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, um, that sounds like a really good idea. Maybe. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know. Well, at the very least, uh, I'm a big fan of experimenting. Exactly. Right. Well, and that's what business is, right? Small business is just an experiment. Um, mm -hmm. And some of them go well, and some of them blow up <laughs> and fizzle down the, yeah, you know, well, the counter. I think the odds are that most of them don't work out too well. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I will say this, in that I think kind of goes to that, you know, spirit that we have, particularly in this country, just the way that we've come up from who we were to where we are now we sort of have this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to build it. I'm going to mm -hmm. make it this. I'm going to do this. I can't, mm -hmm. I got the freedoms. I don't have the, I don't have any structure whatsoever. I need to follow. If I want to make a computer and I don't want to make it anything like an IBM, then you can be Apple. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, Oh, that'll never work because you're not IBM. And then oh, maybe it might. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So, and I'm really hoping that, uh, as ever, if, if you're listening right now to this, to this podcast, I really want you to understand that you're going to hear this similar theme in pretty much every podcast. Now, 
what you'll find is is that the direction is is similar that everybody is taking but everybody has a different path mm -hmm. and it's interesting that those paths have stories to tell right mm -hmm. um, now so we're uh, we're smack dab in the middle of this um, this environment of uh, <laughs> wash I, I, your hands and stay away and... well I was I was gonna say an environment of control because <laughs> I, I can't I, every time I wake up the first emotion that I have is what can't I do mm. <laughs> because it's not what can I do I usually wake up like okay what am I gonna do today mm -hmm. now it's what I can't do like I, I purposefully focus on only going to the grocery store if I can get away with it once a week mm -hmm. I used to go to this grocery store um, probably every other day mm -hmm. because I like having things really, really fresh. Yeah, well, right? you're, you're the king of cooks. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh, you just... I so messed up. I have cannelé. I don't know if you've seen what... If you know what a cannelé is. Uh, I, somebody asked me, do you bake? And I was like, no, I don't. You know what? Baking is stressful to me. The precision of baking is stressful. I like... I like to mess up your kitchen. Mm -hmm. you're, <laughs> just, you're an artist. Yes. I like, well, let's <laughs> see what we got. Oh, this yeah. is, I like being MacGyver, right? Uh, baking is very, it's precision based. And I was like, well, wait a minute now. I, I, I like cooking. Let's just give this a shot. So in France, actually in um, the Bordeaux region of France, very specific region in France, right near Spain, um, they make this little, um, it's a little pastry. It's about maybe two inches tall. It's like maybe three quarters of an inch round, and it's called a cannelé, mm. and it's it's a pastry, a bread pastry. It's got bread dough or bread flour. It's got lots of sugar. It's got you had um, me at sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little bit of salt and milk, uh, whole milk, uh, eggs, uh, egg yolks. So it's going to have more. The center is more like a custard. Mm. And then the key ingredient was this little bit of dark rum. Mm. And so you put this in these very special forms that are made out of copper and tin lined. And you put the 20 grams of it into that. And then when it comes out, it pops out in this very tiny little thing that is crusty on the outside, like a thick mm. bread crust on mm -hmm. the outside. And then when you crack it open, it's all this like custardy gooey wonderfulness mm. so you know what a popover if you mm -hmm. if you don't do a popover well it turns into a pop under yeah, right yeah, yeah those little things yeah it's a lot like that mm. only inside it's just custard and sugar and it's just oh, gorgeous. sounds delicious so i forgot to bring them i owe you now and i will definitely bring them the next time that we get together and i'm, I'm like, gonna hold you accountable well the nice thing is is that um I'm also into limiting food waste, so and I'm getting near the end of the expiration on my milk. I've got, I've got another week and a half, so I'll make the cannelés. Uh, they usually last an hour. Well, they they don't last very long, if we remember that they're in the in the in the cookie pantry, but they'll last in a plastic container for two and a half three weeks. Oh wow, yeah, so they're Excellent. gorgeous, mm, mm. They're gorgeous. So, all right, hold me to that, and I will. Uh, note to self, put down the cannelés on the shamans. <laughs> okay, there we go. We're all good. Um, so, so if you could, if you could express yourself, we're doing this thing in most of the groups that I belong to. If you could express how you're feeling in two words, what would those words be? I sprung this on her, by the way. She didn't know I was going to ask her this question. That's okay. Um... I'd say cautiously creative. This is so cool. The, the interesting thing, because this question, uh, I usually get asked this question in every call. That it seems to be the question everybody asks today. It's like, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And um, mine, cautiously optimistic, cautiously calm, cautiously creative, cautiously, but always cautiously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that one seems to be the one that everybody's got. Um, this last time that we did this, I said, uh, one of the ladies only gave, she, <laughs> she gave a word that was a hyphenated word. So it only counted as one word. So she didn't have her second word. So I borrowed her word so that I could have three. And I said, open for business. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it's interesting 
that when you make a statement like that, everybody for a moment is like, yeah. And then they go right back to, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the interesting thing that I see about this entire environment that we're living in right now. It's just that, you know, you're cautious and creative. You're mm-hmm. cautious and optimistic. You're cautious. Um, but we're always cautious first. And I would like to be creatively cautious. No, maybe. No, yeah, I think I would rather be creatively mm-hmm. cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really looking for that time when we start doing those two words that people are saying better words, more uh, positive and uplifting words um, that can move us forward. I mm-hmm. guess I'm, 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 I, I kind of see this like this invisible wall sits in front of us that we have to walk through, but we don't want to walk through it. We know it's not really there, but we know we don't know what's on the other side mm-hmm. still. Um, how are you feeling your environment, your world, your network? How how would you say that group, not just not your business, not the people that work for you, but the people around you, the network of people, your fellowship, all the stuff that you've got going on, would you also put those those two words to that, or does it change? No. Um, so, so I said cautiously creative because every day I wake up and something has changed. Right? True. Yeah, we don't have a choice. Yeah, we just don't have a choice. Um, however, I am always looking for the loophole. And, um, and that's where my creativity, I think, is coming in because there's a part of me that is enjoying the chaos because the chaos is presenting some loopholes and presenting some opportunities to be creative and have the space to think differently. Um, and yet at the same time, I need to vet those opportunities and, and right. also be careful, you know. Well, you're a business person, so you're always going to, that, that mindset yeah, is always going to be there. Yeah. Um, I think I've been a little offended too by seeing people maybe take a little bit of advantage of the situation so I want to I don't want to take advantage of it I want to simply bring value exactly. right now to people right. um, and so that's probably the cautiously creative uh, but I have been very creative and we have been very creative as a company and how we're doing things and there's part of that I have to tell you that's fun it is actually it's fun um, I, I don't want this to last forever, but we're having fun, yeah. um, which is cool. Now, on the other hand, uh, friends, and let's just say friends rather than business mm-hmm. relationships, mm-hmm. I think they're lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they would use lonely as a term. I, I, also, I also heard um, the term this week where my enthusiasm is waning. Is, mm-hmm. is that correct? Did yeah. I say that yeah. correctly? Yeah, you sure did. The way I know it. Yeah, I think Zoom calls are getting a little bit overwhelming. Um, You know, there's, I mean, I I had five today already, right? So a face-to-face interaction with you, I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, So I think the Zoom calls are getting overwhelming. I think people are um, lonely for face-to-face interaction. I think people are lonely to be touched. Mm, Yes. Um, You know, just you approached today, and I was like, you know, hello, you know, and I purposely have to remind myself to be cautious and stand back. and. Um, and so I think, I think loneliness is starting to really surface, um, in my friendship circle and you're seeing people trying to figure out how to heal their loneliness. Yeah. That's interesting. You should say that because it's, um, because that loneliness will, will trickle down. Mm -hmm. It'll spill into every part of who you are. It's Mm -hmm. not just, I'm lonely at home when I'm home, but then I'm not lonely anymore. Well, you're always at home. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's going to trickle down in your relationships with your family, your relationship with your friends. If you have to get on a Zoom call, you would... I am... I, I'm trying not to speak for you. I am very um, surprised by the amount of pouting, the, the pouting faces, the down, the, the shoulders that are drooping on these Zoom calls. And... They're engaged. They're they're talking and they're they're engaged, but their posture is is almost of a defeated mm-hmm. nature. And it's to me that's and whenever I see that, you know, I want to bring light to the conversation, mm-hmm. make it a lighter conversation. Maybe I'll try to make it a little joke or trying to just get people to just smile a little bit mm-hmm. to remind them, you know, there's there is still still a, there is a silver lining. Mm-hmm. This will end. 
there will be an after COVID mm-hmm. environment. Um, not that it's ever going to go away. It's a flu. It'll always come back and it'll always be there. But um, how I think people have knee-jerked mm-hmm. the responses to some degree, mm-hmm. um, I think that, that that does definitely have an impact on us from a loneliness perspective. I, I mean, luckily we're both married to people that we love and mm-hmm. touching and people. Like. And like, thank you very much. That's that's actually really good. That was a good call. I yeah, got that on a recording think, too. Yeah, I think that's why some wives are lonely. Is oh. they don't either like their spouse or they don't feel liked by mm. their spouse, and that makes me very sad. Mm. Um, because yeah. where you know where are you going to go, right? I mean, yeah. maybe to the grocery store or to Lowe's. <laughs> Um, and now they're putting warnings out for people not to just wander inside a Lowe's and wander <laughs> yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> um, I've planted more flowers because nurseries are open. So I'm, every Saturday oh, yeah. I'm seeing all my friends at the nursery, you know, because oh, it's someplace go. we can go outdoors. But um, I, I think mothers who are working from home while my children are grown, I think that can be a very lonely period because you're, you're trying to educate your kids at the same time work, keep up the responsibilities, at the same time figure out what you're going to have for dinner, and oh yeah, yeah, there's, now the, you know, the house is trashed because you were on a conference call for two hours. Yeah. So I do think there's a, a lot of loneliness in that, and hmm. I, I think one of the things you said earlier I'd like to repeat is that we have to, as a society, have to figure out a way to be socially distant but socially connected. Yeah. Um, and this podcast, I think, is a great idea of, hey, we, Jim and I are sitting six feet apart. You'll see the picture. Right? We're, 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 we're totally social, socially distanced, but we're not socially disconnected. Right. And I, I think that's what people are doing. They're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a knee-jerk reaction, right? Mm-hmm. It's like somebody telling me that, that I shouldn't be doing this because we're not supposed to be together. And, and it was just a reminder. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We can be together as long as we're responsible and and we care about each other and and are equal Mm -hmm. in our uh, ability to maintain that distance maintain the the respect for each other's health and know that there's other people behind us that could be impacted by it not Mm -hmm. just you and it's not just me Mm -hmm. it's laura it's it's Mm -hmm. you know it's barry Mm -hmm. it's your kids it's Savannah, it's everybody Mm -hmm. right so yeah we've all got and i really do believe we can do this at the we the collective society and there's going to be outliers there's going to be those people that uh, i know a few of them they just don't believe this this is just a you know there's already conspiracy Conspiracy theories theories going out there um and it's fine i mean everybody has the right to believe what they want to believe but i think overall in general if you were to take and just take a hundred mile radius around this house i would say that that 80 90 percent of the people that are in this environment if, if given the chance, would be socially responsible and mm-hmm. be socially distant mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. same time and be connected. Mm-hmm. God, I just I love the way you said that. Mm-hmm. You said it better than I said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, and I, well, and I agree. And I, I applaud you for kind of doing this to bring some you know different thought leadership to what's going on right now. But I think that loneliness, um, we have we can be intentional with some of our friends and reach out to people and, you know, connect or, Hey, say you sit on this side of the driveway and I'll sit on this side of the driveway in our camp chairs. Right. Yeah. And let me, let me just like, Hey, how are you? Like, Have you watched any of the John Krasinski? Yes. You know, some good some news, good news. Love right. It. The, the tailgate party in Kansas city where everybody was in their tailgate things and they were all down the, you know, it looked like it was actually just in front of one house, but there was all these and they were, they were, that each family had their space because mm-hmm. you can be together as a family within mm-hmm. six feet, mm-hmm. but they were all distant from each other. It was like, oh man, I just, it would be kind of cool just if we could just go outside every day and just have a little space where everybody could just walk and then just talk to each other. Uh, I know in my neighborhood, I don't know if it's happening here in yours, but in my neighborhood, some of the, some of the wives are actually picking up the mail the long way. Like up the street, back down, and then up and picking out them and picking up the mail and coming inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, they must all be on the same text thread because they all seem to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And they all get a chance to to socially connect. Or as somebody's walking by, someone's coming out, and they they stay the distance apart, mm-hmm. and then they move on to the next mailbox. I mean, 
uh, I've seen some very creative people getting trying to do what I think you're doing what you're saying is is trying to get over that loneliness piece mm-hmm. well we've set up um, uh, we have a fire pit in our backyard so we set up chairs um, six feet apart on one side and those two chairs are close and yep. then we have our chairs on the other side and so we've said hey come in our back gate you know when when we know you're coming of course <laughs> oh, come in our back gate no i just heard just to come in your back gate i'm gonna I, you it's already on the recording bring, so there we go yeah bring up bring your drink of choice and let's turn on the fire pit and let's just have a conversation and say how are you doing wow i think people are vulnerable too right now i mean the friends who've taken us up on the offer they're sharing things I've known them for years, and they've never gone this deep this quick. Yeah. So I think we all even have an opportunity to really uh, create these environments and show up for one another and connect at a very deep level that I think we're, our relationships are, will be different if we do that after this. Well, think about that for a minute. Some of the best dinner parties that Laura and I have had are with another couple. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you get too many people, you just keep everything on the surface because... Yeah, I like you, uh, Barry. You know, he, he's okay, but you're you're actually the star, right? It's kind of that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So you then bring the level up. You, you're not going to go in depth, but if mm-hmm. two people, if two couples are sitting across the fireplace, uh, you give them a glass of wine or their beverage of choice, and you sit down and you have a conversation. I'm almost thinking I would guarantee that that would be the immediacy would be let's talk about things that matter the most mm-hmm. because this isn't a time that you're going to waste. No, I think people are cutting to the chase and saying, look, I'm hurting. I mean, I had a, we had some friends over, and, and he turned and said, hey, my wife's not getting out of bed till 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was able to say, okay, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and give her the space to say, I am scared, and I don't know what to do, and I have been furloughed from my job, and not feel any judgment. Yeah. Right. Um, about it, because it is tough and I want you to have the space to process it. Um, but I also want to help you as a friend, you know, um, all right, let's try tomorrow to get up at one. And, you know, let's think about trying the next day to get up at 11. And well, here's here's an idea. and I'm going to throw this out. And I don't know if it applies directly to the example that you gave, but I I'm, I'm, I feel a thread being tugged on. And that is so. First of all, you're not the only one being furloughed mm-hmm. I mean there are in an industry so I don't know what industry they're in and it, you don't need to be that specific but let's just say if you were furloughed and you were an accountant right mm-hmm. and or you were in finance mm-hmm. well guess what pretty much everybody was mm-hmm. and which means that the the competition has just been leveled in mm-hmm. in that industry in that sector in what you do mm-hmm what, what used to be, there was the high flyers, there were the people that were just, you know, the golden children of whatever it was that you did, and they, they always had the spotlight. Well, that, that's not the case anymore, because pretty much everybody has been brought down to a specific level. We're all equal. Mm-hmm. Some of us who have had competition with other companies, some of those people aren't gone, are, mm-hmm. are gone. And, mm-hmm. and that's, again, leveling the playing field. So mm-hmm. what better time? Then right now to use this time that we have to become that master to master to to, to I forget what word or term that you use to oh no to look at what it, what is it like to become top talent top talent right why a not high performing employee do you do you okay. have it or if not let's 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 figure out what what you don't have and invest in it right. you know and I mean purpose is is important mm-hmm. purpose uh, you know is a big driver for keeping people healthy and strong and alive especially as we get older right so to me there's you can say you know i i can i can get down and i i trust me i've had my days where it's you know it's just difficult to get out of bed mm-hmm. but i've made a personal commitment to myself that i i've always woke up at 6 30 i've always got out of bed at 6 30 i've always fed the dog by seven she's already been out she's already been fed and and she's gone to the bathroom and everything so that i can get to work Mm-hmm. before eight o'clock mm-hmm. and and I've just made that personal commitment mm-hmm. uh, now my dress code eh, it's still out there it's funny still out there well I so I, I think going back to that friend I think sometimes for us is uh, whether it's women or men I don't think it's gender 
Um, I think I think we fall into a trap of of tying our identity to what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. And I actually I, I went through a time myself where I had a hard time getting out of bed when my kids left and what do I do now? Like you know, what motherhood's o- over and what do I do? And I, this is what I invest my last twenty one years or twenty two years in. Yeah. And I certainly had I probably had six weeks of those, you know, kind of days. Um, but I, I think it has helpful when there's somebody that you can borrow their confidence in a little bit for a while um, in you mm-hmm. to say, all right, I'm going to give, I don't know what the future holds, but I know, I know, I know my future, my best days are not behind. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's for all of us. I think that we all, if we can all grasp the fact that our best days are not pre-COVID. Right. Right, exactly. They're not. They're yeah. not behind us. They are in front of us, and, and sometimes we don't know what those best days look like, but we can step, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, we can step into the light and figure it out kind of as we go and borrow some confidence from some people and surround ourselves with people who believe in us, and, um, yeah. but also comfort us when we are sad because this is yeah. sad and scary and weird. Yeah, extraordinarily so. Yeah, very much. Um. So let's see. We've talked. We've talked about your business, you know, the the consulting part of, of capital, capital, the talent part, the talent acquisition part. Um, we've talked about what it what it feels like that fear. We've walked through, you know, what it is that we're going through today. Um, you know, you you and I've had a, a chance to talk, and I'm going to allow you the opportunity now to, if you want to ask me a question. Or if you have something more that you want to add on something else that I said, but I'm I'm going to basically sit back and hear what you have to say. Well, so I'll ask you a question. You mentioned when you first came in today that there is a difference, um, or that what you're you're experiencing a lot of fear in people too as well. And so I'd I'd love to hear more about um, the two sides of fear um, and what that looks like because I guess I resonate with the resilience because I'm a fighter. I mean, mm-hmm. Barry wishes I wasn't. I mean, but I've always been feisty. Um, <laughs> that fighter tends to lend itself to resilience in me, but it doesn't mean that while I'm fighting, I'm not filled with fear. Yeah. So I'd love to hear more about that. So most of the time that I'm speaking with people, they have doubt, right? So they have fear. And again, fear is, you know, it's flight or fight. Mm-hmm. And it's an instinct that's in our DNA, and it's there to protect us. It's interesting that it's not just flight. There are some people that when they see a fire, they go towards it. Mm-hmm. And there are some people when something is happening really, really bad, they turn and run. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it seems like we all think of flight, that our fear... And, and I've, I've seen it in the media. I've certainly have seen it through um, what's really, or small businesses has really been trampled on recently um, by a lot of larger corporations taking advantage of a situation that they shouldn't have, but there wasn't enough, I guess, protections in place. But everybody's now just flight, flight, flight. And, and when you go into that flight mode, fear is elevated. Mm-hmm. And you, your adrenaline goes way up. And... I also think you don't always make good decisions. Oh, no, no. You rarely make good decisions. Adrenaline and decision-making are rarely two things that you want to mix. Mm-hmm. If you've got a really important decision to make, it's calm. You should be breathing just breathing nicely and, and thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but adrenaline goes, nope, every, your muscles have to move and you have to go. Mm-hmm. And that fear, that response, I'm seeing in pretty much everything. Every element of our society. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, and I'm an optimistic person. <laughs> so when I see that, my base response is, I'm going to stand up. And I'm not going to move. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to run by me, run by me. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but and, and maybe this is maybe a similar thing that you, you were talking about. That, that You know, you just look at things. You just want to build and you want to develop and stuff like that. But when you get into a fight or flight scenario, and you choose to stand and fight, that's when that fear 
turns into resolve and that's when the really good stuff gets done mm -hmm. that's where that's where ideas come from that's where you you channel your energy in new and interesting ways that you've never thought possible so i uh back when uh, i was doing some of the consulting for you guys mm -hmm. and working with you guys directly uh, one of the one of the elements that I mentioned was is that um, I've actually brushed up against fear twice. I mean, like you have to make up your mind: are you going to run or are you going to stay? Mm -hmm. um, one is is that in when I was growing up, the we lived next to a drive-in theater, and the storage for all the paper products in, was in a shed right behind our house. Like you know, our backyard wasn't even probably as big as your backyard. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of that was this huge, huge building, and it just went up. Some kids were playing with matches, and then it just went up in flames. And I was at home, and somebody banged on my front door, and they said, son, you need to get a hose and put it up on your, your roof so that your house doesn't burn down. Now, I'm like 11 oh, years wow. old. Mm -hmm. Didn't even think twice about it. I turned around. I was in my pajamas. I went outside. The flames were... And oh, by the way, we had eucalyptus trees, which are basically an oil lamp waiting oh, to go goodness. off. And then they caught on fire and they were going crazy and I could feel the heat behind me. And I just kept my thumb on that hose and I just kept spraying the, the house. Um, and I think about those times and I never wanted to be a fireman when I grew up. I, that never really occurred to me. Um, I always wanted to be creative and I wanted to be an arch architect and do all that kind of stuff. But what is it that made me do that? Well, I think that what we're in right now is, is that people see this, they don't see something that they can go, that's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. There's just fear. Mm -hmm. There's, it's empty. There's, you, you can't see the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. You cannot, you cannot see the disease COVID-19. Mm -hmm. You could be right, we could be in it right now, we wouldn't even know. Mm -hmm. So why are we afraid again? Mm -hmm. We can't see it. So that breeds this irrationality, this irrational fear behavior that the only way for us to stay safe is to stay alone. Mm -hmm. um, and then that breeds even, that builds on itself and it keeps building on itself, it keeps building on itself. Mm -hmm. So as far as fear goes, as far as what it feeds, the doubt, we don't have anything that we can say, there's a fire, run or go mm -hmm. it's just there's a danger mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people don't know how to deal with a danger a, an unseen unknown danger mm -hmm. so we revert to the flight mm -hmm. and we say you know stay in place mm -hmm. get inside your house stay in place don't move don't talk to anybody don't touch anybody don't don't if anything comes in your house wipe it off and disinfect it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. My, well, my daughter works in the ER in Atlanta, and um, she has Crohn's disease. So when this all started, I said, please, please, please quit your job. Please quit your job. And um, her, her answer to me was so inspiring. She said, why would I quit my job when this is what I went to school for? This is what I was paid to do. I was paid to help bring comfort to people who are sick, and I'm going to do this. And her, her I don't believe at all that she wasn't scared. I know mm -hmm. she was scared, but her resolve really, I borrowed some of that from her mm -hmm. and really it kind of gave me the courage to say, okay, if she's going to go in there and fight her battle, which is worthy, then my battle, which isn't as, as big of a deal of running a business, taking care of our employees, keeping the business running, I, I need to be resolved to that. So what, how, what, what can I do to be resolved? And I, I really love the part where you said when you're standing there, and you embrace the fear that it turns into this resolve and this resilience. And, and there it has brought creativity. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I can for sure, I, I for sure am living out your definition yeah. because I've certainly seen that happen um, with, with what Barry and I have been able to create and, and do. Um, and it's nothing special, yeah. but for us, it wasn't there before. Well, the other thing I think I like about what you and Barry have created is is that you've created a business, businesses, 
that are resilient and have proven themselves to be resilient even in the environment that we find ourselves in. And I think that when we go back and look backwards, when we go forward 10, 10 years and we look back, or we go forward two years and then we look back and we have the benefit of hindsight, I think the value of how you built your business and what your business is made of and how it operates, I think that could be a template for other people as they're building their business, even if it's not a talent business. No one is thinking, or no one thought, you didn't think 15 years ago, we have to build a business because eventually we're all gonna stay at home for, for four months. Exactly. Right? No, you no. never did that. Mm -hmm. But you ended up building a great business a resilient business that has been resilient through this this event and there's there's some secret sauce in there and i don't know if it's just good business i have a tendency to believe that it's good business because i've i've been in that scenario where i've seen how you guys run and operate your business but i think that we could learn a lot about how a business should be built after we look at what is left standing after we get through this, because those are the businesses that I think we should be building against. Well, and I would models. say that, um, you know, in 18 years, we went through 2008 to 2010, where we lost 75% of our business. Yeah. So I think that made us smarter. And, uh, and, and if every business owner is really honest, they'll all say they've been, they've had ebb and flows yeah. of revenue, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it's in the ebb that you make some better choices next time in the ebb so that the ebb isn't so bad. Yeah. Um, and, and then I also think that uh, um, sometimes good fortune, you know what I mean? You listen to wise people, you, yeah. you hire them, and you empower them to uh, to lead you. Right. Um, I don't, as, even though I own the business, I don't always need to be leading, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And so we hired a gentleman, um, Neil Richards, who basically said, you need a Microsoft tenant with Teams and the ability, right, to have, uh, so that if anyone ever needed to work remote, well, we just put that in in August. <laughs> so, wow. wow, how fortunate, right? Because we would have been scrambling, um, but we were able to close up shop, move everybody home, and that was seven weeks ago, and not miss a beat. Yeah. Um, so I feel very That's fortunate. Cool. I feel like that was the chance, and the hiring smart people and allowing them to do their job, and then listening to them when they give you advice. Yeah. Even though it was expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is and it isn't, right? Because sure. what would it have cost good now? Good point. Right? Oh, oh, good uh, point. And yeah. I think that that's ultimately the thing. I mean, I'm married to a very, very smart, fiscally smart woman who who is not happy unless there's six figures in the bank sure. that we can have access to at any given time. And she's also one that has built her business so that if there is three to four months of no income, mm -hmm. that she can still ride that out because her business is uh, it's is, is susceptible to writer strikes, producer strikes, actor strikes. Sure. And when that happens, production just goes from here to here. And she's lived through in the 20-something years, 25 years that she's been doing this, mm -hmm. she's lived through a few of those, at least mm -hmm. six or seven of those. Mm -hmm. So she always built into her business this cushion, which has significantly helped us. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, taught both my daughter and uh, my daughter-in-law, taught them something about how to fiscally run a business correctly because the first they were like, wow, we're so glad you are who you are. Mm -hmm. right? and, and myself, as her husband, I'm like, you know, sometimes it's really frustrating when you say some of the things you do about the money and everything like that. But now I'm shutting up because <laughs> yeah. you were right. You were right. You are right now. You will mm -hmm. be right forever. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, so many people go from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. um, and again, part of this piece, part of being able to, to communicate these types of stories out to people is to show them that there are people out there that have done this that they can do it, mm -hmm. that they can build a business that, you know, like like you said, it'll have ebb and flows. It's not always going to be roses. But you, if you learn and you build better from what was before, mm -hmm. then when something extraordinary happens, at least you've got some resilience built into it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's I, I think that's a lesson that pretty much anybody can take. Mm -hmm. uh, and and coming from a person before my marriage with with my wife today 
in my in my past life, it was paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was mm-hmm. literally that every every month, every week, every two weeks, whenever we got paid, it was just like boom, it's done, right? Um, I so much like this life better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I, we certainly live like that too. I mean, I can remember in the early years of the business, we had no insurance for probably nine years. Yeah. So our girls laugh at all of the ways that I. Uh, came up with, um, let's see, let's figure out how to handle this uh, the homeopathic way <laughs> without <laughs> going to the doctor. Yeah. And, and um, they learned how to coupon and meal plan really well from what was buy one, get one free yeah. uh, that week at Philo. You know, so yeah. um, we certainly have had, had the same thing. I, I agree with you. I don't prefer that way of life. Um, yeah. And I think it's stressful. And I think you can't make decisions because it feels like you're in flight the whole time yeah and and although make wise decisions i should say yes that. Mm-hmm. but i i think that the generations forward from here i think this will be a very interesting lesson mm-hmm. for what could happen i mean trust me i had this discussion with a few individuals we collectively as a as a, as a species we have a tendency to forget history mm-hmm. quite quickly, like within a generation or two. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? That happened? When? Mm-hmm. Well, that was only 20 years ago that that happened. Uh, oh, well, I was just in the first grade. I don't remember that, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we have this ability to forget. And these kinds of situations, albeit extraordinarily bad and we don't want them, there's a huge learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's a huge learning opportunity on how to, how to handle yourself when something like this that you can't touch, that you can't say is bad and evil and whatever, how do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do, you, do you build resolve or do you, or you run, mm-hmm. right? And you can still run a little while, stop, turn around, and get resolve. That, that's one thing. But once you have resolve, you rarely ever, you rarely ever turn around and run. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so thank you for this time. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you very having. much for this time. Uh, you would believe that 52 minutes just went. Oh goodness, very right by. fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. Um, I uh, would love it if uh, once I get this to you, just pretty much just review it, bring it back to me. Uh, if you know of anybody else that you think this would be a good environment for, and even if we have to host it or you host it or I host it, I'm doing it off my back deck, mm-hmm. so I can control the environment. They don't have to mm-hmm. even come through the house. Please give them my name, give them my number, tell them what it is, even, even you know, take the recording and let them listen to it. Um, but if you know of anybody, please, I'd be grateful if you would pass it along. I will. I the will. more businesses we can get on this thing and show people what the upstate is really about from a resolve mm-hmm. perspective, I think that would be extraordinary. And if there's anything that comes from that, it's only that comes from it. Huge success. Huge success. For everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for what you do for all of us. Uh, Appreciate it. You're welcome. And I'll talk to you probably tomorrow when we come over with some wine. That's right.